Today we're going to be closing out Music of My Mind by talking about Evil, the song, not, I don't know, the general concept. Uh, released on March the 3rd, 1972, on the track we have Stevie Wonder, although it was co-written by Yvonne Wright. Uh, and I think this is only the second song that she has written with Stevie. And it is 3 minutes 33, and joining me to talk about today is Niall McGowan. Hello, Niall. Hey, Darren. I'm devastated to discover that this is not covering the Interpol song, Evil. Uh, it was a single that came out when I was 17 and was played on heavy rotation <laughs> throughout my adolescence. <laughs> and to find out that Stevie Wonder did some song called Evil as well. As if it, why would you steal that name, Stevie? Why would you go back in time <laughs> to the 70s to steal the name of a great Interpol song? Yeah, I think it's funny actually because you know um, on the previous two albums, Stevie Wonder. I mean, on this album, he's kind of gone a little bit more into social commentary a little bit, uh, but he's still kind of mostly talking about how much he loves his soon-to-be ex-wife. <laughs> um, so it's it's kind of interesting that like we finish this album with this song that is kind of you know just it has it's so weird because it has no verse or chorus. It's just. Um, I don't want to say stream of consciousness because I think it's very carefully considered like what's being said, um, particularly because he says dug on at one point and uh, you don't accidentally put the words dug on into a, uh, into a song. Mm. Um, and it is just kind of the, the kind of series of questions about evil um, or evil as, as Stevie sings it in the song, <laughs> which I, I always, I always love that. It's, I mean, this, I'm going to go straight off the top and say six out of five. I love this song so much. <laughs> um, it is like, it's such a great song. And it's like, I feel like the first two albums, you know, from this run almost kind of get overlooked a little bit. Um, you know, because the first album, you know, technically speaking, isn't, you know, kind of part of the Stevie Wonder classics. Um, as most people kind of classify them. And obviously because, you know, the next few albums are when he started getting nominated for Grammy after Grammy after Grammy. Um, so people kind of overlook this album a little bit. But, you know, Love Having You Around and Superwoman and, you know, Happy End in the Morning Sun, you know, Girl Blue. These are all really, really good songs. And I think Evil, you know, uh, other than like Superwoman... I would say that this is probably the best song on this album. Like, Stevie really kind of saved the best for last. He was just like, uh, this is where he kind of gets better at programming an album. Like, the first half is kind of really well thought out. And then the second half, it's just like, you know, building up and building up. And then after Keep, we go straight from Keep On Running, which is a great track anyway, into this. And it's kind of just like an amazing kind of finish to the album. Um, particularly when you consider the previous album finished with Sunshine in Their Eyes, which is a little bit disappointing. Mm. Um, you know, whereas this is like such a, you know, I mean, for a song that's just over three and a half minutes, it kind of, like Stevie really kind of, first of all, he shows off the Tonto uh, because he's fallen in love with that instrument. Yeah. So, oh, I, I so got it like, really... One of my favorite things about the song was just like, oh, that's a very yeah. distinctive sound. Like that's a real... Uh, very of of the era, of course, but like um, I didn't realize it was the Tonto. I just assumed it was like a like a like a general uh, Moog synthesizer. 
because uh, I yeah. love the sound of the Moog synthesizer. Like I used to be obsessed with the, the soundtrack to a Clockwork Orange just because I loved I loved hearing all the, the the classical music played by the Moog synthesizer and stuff. So, but I just loved that 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 sound. So, like as soon as that kicked in, I was like, oh, oh okay, I'm on board for this thing. <laughs> Yeah. And then over the top of that, you know, obviously there's I mean, Stevie's also kind of playing a couple of other instruments on here. But, you know, it's mostly the the kind of the, the Moog that we've got. I don't think there's even really a conventional drum on here. <laughs> like um, it's just kind of the bed of the Tonto. And then also uh, he's got the Moog bass um, playing the bass line as well. Um, and you know that's pretty. That's pretty much all it is. It's just the tonto and the moog, and then I think there's a bit of piano in there. But it's it's mostly you know the tonto that you notice. Um, and then over the top, it's just Stevie's voice, and it's I mean probably one of my favorite kind of like vocals that he's ever done. Just you know he starts out so quiet with this kind of like you know evil. Why have you engulfed so many hearts? Evil. Mm. And then by the time we get to the end of the song, he's like way up into his register and it's just kind of amazing how it builds um and just kind of by the end when he's singing you know evil why have you broken so many homes you know like it's just it's so kind of like his performance is so powerful you can kind of overlook the kind of fairly simplistic <laughs> lyrics um you know but i again like it, it feels like he's just pleading at you know something you know mm. something unidentified like, that he's just Stevie, calling Stevie wonder versus the concept of evil pretty much yeah yeah and and i think it's interesting because obviously you know this is you know 1972 this is kind of like the height of watergate yeah. so i don't think this is there's there's like a handful of songs that are like stevie's nixon songs this isn't one of his nixon songs but i feel like there are some people looking back now who might be like eh, it feels like maybe he had a, <laughs> he didn't just have like a vague idea of what evil was he kind of had a very specific personification of what evil was yeah. and obviously you know the Vietnam War is still going on and, you know, Richard Nixon's been re-elected, you know, Watergate is going on. Like, you know, kind of poverty in some of the kind of like ghettos in America is so kind of high. And, you know, even though we've had like the, you know, the civil rights movement and stuff, there's still a lot of kind of injustice for uh, black people in America. So I can kind of understand why, you know, we get to the end of this album that has mostly been love songs, you know, dedicated to his, you know, now ex-wife. But at this point, it's like I can understand why he like he would, you know, hearing so much news about Watergate and everything and then just be like just kind of railing against the concept of evil and just being like, you know, why have you destroyed so many minds? <laughs> like just the kind of, you know, why do you infest our purest thoughts with hatred? Like it's just it's so kind of and, you know, the emotion is just right there. And this is something that, you know, um, will be a lot more prevalent in the next few albums, which is this kind of. Um, this very raw emotion that Stevie has and something that's kind of reflected in his songwriting as well. Like he's, he generally keeps his lyrics very kind of simple because, you know, everything is in the delivery. It's in his voice. Mm. Um, you know, obviously Stevie Wonder must have at least had a grasp on the fact that he has, you know, a beautiful voice and a powerful voice that, you know, when used correctly, it's, it's just kind of breathtaking. And so it always feels like, particularly when, you know, obviously this has been co-written by Yvonne Wright, but, you know, when it's just him writing a song and delivering it, you know, it, it, it's all it's it's always about how close his voice is to you and how it just feels like he's singing directly to you. Um, whereas I think with this, it feels a little bit more like Stevie is on a stage and he's kind of 
I mean, maybe in a church, because it feels like he's kind of on his knees in a church, just screaming up at, you know, evil. Yeah. And, you know, what have you done? But it's just all in the performance of the vocals. You know, like, I think the lyrics are okay, but it's just so much in just in, in just listening to Stevie's voice. Mm. Um, and it, and when, it, when I first, like, listened to this album, that was one that, like, I got to this track and I was like, oh, my God, what's, like, it's kind of amazing how direct and emotional it just feels. And it's not like he ever kind of, you know, wrecks his voice in any way or, you know, he's always, you know, perfectly on key. That's the thing about Stevie Wonder. <laughs> but it's so like every single line as it kind of builds and builds. And, you know, when he's talking about, you know, why have you taken over God's children's eyes and stuff? It's like and then he just keeps restating after he asks these questions evil. And you're like, yeah, what's going on with evil here? You know? <laughs> so it's, it's so amazing. Yeah, I was just thinking, let's um, talk about like, oh, you know, the, the things that would have been currently happening in America at the time, because it's always like there's always that uh, sort of old adage of like, oh, the, you know, the rough times that people go through, but like, hey, at least you're going to get some good art that'll come out of this. And so you see like the, the the horrible state that America was in in the you know post post Woodstock 1970s, because you got like the new Hollywood and all that stuff out of it. But the you know America's current political climates is like this is pretty pretty bad and you're still waiting around it's like where, where are all the classic albums like when, why when do they come give us something to get through these horrible times people yeah like stevie I mean, I, stevie I, I, come out <laughs> come out and make some kind of concept here. yeah i was gonna say i mean you know it's been like 15 years since he's released an album it'd be nice if he could release something that you know took a shot at the current president but then i guess you could argue everything he sang about nixon you know, applies to the current president as we record this episode yeah. <laughs> um, in America. So, you know, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I just love the vocals. I just, I just kind of love, and it's also worth saying, you know, I didn't talk that much about Yvonne Wright, uh, you know, when discussing the other song, um, but she, you know, she, she kind of met, um, you know, she used to be in, in a few different kind of like, um, you know, girl groups. Um, and then she was a backing singer for Wilson Pickett before she eventually kind of, met Stevie and the two of them kind of collaborated on, you know, a number of songs over the next few albums, um, including a few that, you know, basically I, I, you know, I really love, you know, I believe, you know, when I fall in love and, and they won't go when I go just two kind of amazing songs. Um, and she also kind of, um, collaborated with Minnie Ripperton who, you know, obviously sang on a few songs, um, you know, for, uh, you know, for kind of, for Stevie Wonder. Um, and you know later on um you know she kind of uh was known for uh kind of just touring with a, a number of different artists um and you know uh unfortunately she kind of uh you know she passed in i think it was 2013 um if i'm right in thinking that i can't i, I can't remember what the date was um but yeah so you know it's kind of it's kind of weird because Stevie Wonder seems to be outliving literally everybody who's kind of contributed to him, <laughs> you know, start starting with Minnie Ripperton and then going to his ex-wife and then also, um, you know, Yvonne Wright as well. So everyone that he kind of collaborated with during this period, he kind of, um, you know, he's ended up outliving. Um, but yeah, no, she's and on some of the songs where she sings, she's got a wonderful voice as well. But uh, obviously on this track, it is just. Stevie, the, you know. I was hoping like Stevie comes out now with a new song called Death. <laughs> He's just dead. <laughs> Why do you yeah. take so many people dead? I think actually that's something that I, you know, I'll talk about on some other tracks as we go through, but you know, kind of almost the tragedy of Stevie's life at this point is he's outlived so many of his kind of contemporaries that he's ended up singing at most of their funerals in the last uh -huh. decade. <laughs> um and that that kind of I, I don't know, it's it's 
I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel for Stevie because, you know, he had this kind of, you know, hard upbringing and then, you know, he found fame early on. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'd say he's had a fairly good life. Um, you know, obviously anybody who kind of releases, you know, the, this caliber of music for, you know, kind of five or six years and then kind of decides to take a little bit of a break from it, um, you know, but at the same time, I think now it, we are kind of getting into the point where, you know, he is kind of outliving people. And, it's, and I guess it's a little bit tragic from his point of view, you know, like so many people that he was contemporaries with and friends with, um, you know, they are all kind of. Uh, gradually dying but uh yeah which is why i can understand this kind of i mean even as like a i don't know like a 21 year old or something <laughs> as he rails against <laughs> evil um you it's know still I, I, one of those things just every time like what, what age was stevie when he when he wrote these albums like oh god damn it like sitting here in your 30s <laughs> just like oh, i'm wasting my life <laughs> uh yeah I don't know. Stevie in his thirties kind of wasted his life as well. You know, he put out. Uh, I just called to say I love you. So uh, I do. Have, uh, yeah. One of my uh, one of my brother's uh, friends. I remember him giving me his crash crash course in Stevie Wonder, and he's like, "If he's got the afro, it's good. If he's got the braids, that <laughs> don't touch it." <laughs> like that's yeah. I was just like, "That's that's all you need to know about Stevie Wonder." So like anything seventies, great. Beyond that, whew, you're in some. You could be in for some rough times, okay? Um, so I don't know. I just love this song so much, uh, and I think obviously it, you know, it, it kind of it found a little bit of prominence uh, recently when it was featured in uh, an episode of Atlanta. Oh yeah. Um, obviously called Teddy Perkins. Mm. Probably the most acclaimed episode. The guy that's a show that like each I would say so. Each individual episode is pretty acclaimed. But that was the one yeah. that really got people's attention. So I remember it was ruined for me as an episode because like the day after it aired, like there was publications just posting pictures of Donald Glover in that makeup going, look at this! And so I never <laughs> had the opportunity to just watch the episode fresh, not knowing that it was him in the whole outfit and stuff. Which I'm not yeah. ruined for anybody who's not seen that episode, so... <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, people who are fans of, of, of uh, you know, Stevie Wonder, I'm going to guess they probably are fans of Donald Glover, too. Um, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to do anything like Donald Glover track by track related <laughs> um, just because um, I, I mean, I would say I really like Camp. And, um, you know, uh, Wake Up My Love, I think those are really strong albums. Mm. Um, but there's a lot of stuff in there. I mean, I would even say because the because the internet is good. Episode by episode will be worthwhile, though, because there is, a, that's a very, yeah not artsy-fartsy show, but you can tell there's a lot of subtextual stuff going on within each episode. There's a lot of effort put into it. I think it's interesting as well, obviously, with this song having so much of, like, the tonto on it. The, the episode is about him going to get a piano. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Teddy Perkins' brother being, like, an acclaimed pianist, mm. which, again, like, it, that feels like, you know, having a couple of songs from this album in that episode, it kind of makes it a little bit like that episode is kind of talking, you mm. know, not just... To, I mean, the obvious influence is Michael Jackson yeah. as yeah. the character. I do briefly um, mention, because he alludes to, like, his abusive father and he does mention like, oh he's no more abusive than like Joe Jackson you're like oh there you go like that's yeah. there, yeah. there it is that's the one explicit reference to Michael Jackson they make um, yeah whereas whereas obviously some of the other things that are in there you know like obviously Michael Jackson was not a talented pianist uh, whereas obviously Stevie Wonder was um, so it, it feels like also having you know the two Stevie Wonder songs in there it, it feels like it is kind of making a, a little bit of a kind of sideway glance at you know Stevie Wonder um, not ex- kind of like explicitly in any kind of like story sense, but just in the like kind of the idea of 
um, somebody having like a you know a humble beginnings and being like extremely talented, mm. um, you know that, um, and also the fact that the, the piano, if I remember, it has piano keys that are rainbow colored. Yeah, that? like yeah. The, the gimmick. Yeah, and I think obviously the tonto is also a very gimmicky synthesizer. <laughs> like the fact that it's like gigantic and has so many wires, and there's basically only one of it. Um, you know, like that 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 kind of feels like it's a bit gimmicky, and it also feels like the piano as well is kind of gimmicky as well. And that, mm. like, so maybe that's just a kind of a small inside reference to, um, you know, some of the stuff about Stevie Wonder there. But I was, I was looking at those like in terms of like, well, why why did they use this particular song in the episode? Uh, and like, in case people who were listening haven't seen the episode, you really should go watch it. But like, the briefest of plot descriptions is that. One of the characters is going to pick up a piano for free that he's heard about it in the forum. Goes to this mansion, essentially. Finds out there's a guy living there. And basically, the whole episode has the vibe of, like, whatever happened to Baby Jane crossed with Michael Jackson. Because Donald Glover is the guy who comes to meet him, but he's dressed in, like, white makeup and stuff. And he looks as, like a completely different person. And the entire time, you're not too sure. He keeps referring to his brother and stuff, but you're not too sure if the brother even exists and, and stuff like that. And it becomes yeah. very, very apparent very quickly that there's something off about this guy. And at the end, it ends in a big climax where it kind of goes into, like, holy crap, this went in a weird direction. Um, but it is worth like, noting because it's not the only Stevie Wonder song on the on the track. Because at the beginning, you know, or in the episode, because at the beginning, it has uh, Sweet Little Girl playing, which I believe yes. is the end of the first half of the album. And then this is the end of the second yeah. half of the album. So it's kind of like at the beginning of the episode, so, you know, the character Darius is very carefree, sort of like, ah, and everything to him is kind of fun. He's just a very relaxed kind of character. Uh, and even throughout, though, uh, uh, you know, several mentions that Teddy Perkins, the character, talks about, like, oh, you know, uh, great art comes from sacrifice and, and suffering and stuff like that. And he's talking about, you know, again, his father would beat, beat him into playing to perfection and things like this. And he comes out with the idea of, like, you know, what about... You know, sometimes it's not all about that. Sometimes it's about love and all this kind of stuff. But there is a contrast between, like, Sweet Little Girl is such a kind of upbeat, kind of happy love song, essentially. And it's kind of got, like, a, yeah. a perkiness to it. And then at the end, after Darius has gone through all this stuff, he is, you know, if you take it that the song is reflecting his mindset after surviving the experience, you know, the, the, lent, the lent then the idea of evil and why has it corrupted so many people. And the evil could be commenting on the, you know, the parental abuse that was inflicted upon not just, you know, Teddy and his brother, but on, you know, the the many great artists that they mentioned throughout the throughout the episode and stuff. And it's uh, it's you know, it's it's a well used track, but like, you know, Donald Glover himself is a musician, so he knows how to that that's not picked willy nilly. Like he specifically put in these specific songs for a specific reason and stuff. But uh, um Yeah. It's really, really excellent. Like a highly advisable show to watch in general, but that episode is and then they even did the weirder thing because, like, I think at the end they say Teddy Perkins as himself. Yeah. And then at the Emmys that year, they had Donald Glover was there, and then somebody in the Teddy Perkins makeup was with him. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like friggin' uh, Andy Kaufman with Tony <laughs> Clifton, where it's just like, no, he's a, he's a real person. Yeah. Whereas, like, it's very blatantly not a real person. <laughs> but it's kind of like, is it a real person, though? Because now you're getting creeped out. It's like... I don't want that to be a real person because he's he's creepy as hell. Yeah, I think at the Emmys they said it was probably his brother Stephen in the makeup. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I think as well the fact that it's the end of the like the show as well, like it, it plays over like the just as the, the episode ends, it kind of starts playing and then it kind of plays over the end credits. 
Um, I think it kind of works as like, you know, uh, the kind of the end of the show because it's like, yeah, you know, this is it's kind of directly saying evil. What have you done? <laughs> it's like, OK, mm. you know, like it doesn't. I mean, the kind of the things that Stevie's singing about aren't quite in the episode, but just kind of the concept of evil kind of corrupting people and stuff like that kind of works within the context of the episode. But um, yeah, I mean, it's such a great song. Um, and of course, you know, it is three minutes, 33, which makes it half uh, of six, six, six. Um, you know, so I <laughs> wonder if the CB did it. I wonder if I could get it up to seven minutes, <laughs> six seconds. Yeah, <laughs> and then after a while, I was like, nah, nah, it's yeah, too long, just... man. Then he's just like, could I put in the, a bit of uh, sunshine in the rise well, at the start of it? Yeah. Like, no, no, Stevie, don't do it, don't do it. Man. Yeah, at least he didn't have any choirs singing the words evil. Um, but yeah, like I said, six out of five. It's a, it's a great song. Probably one of. I mean, I kind of flip flop between this and. Um, Superwoman as kind of like the best track on here like you know some days it's Superwoman other days it's evil but they're both you know kind mm. of uh, kind of some of the best stuff that Stevie was kind of putting out at the time yeah I, I, can't, I can't really debate that myself either like I, I would I wouldn't be as, as ecstatic to say 6 out of 5 but it would be a solid 5 out of 5 it's like I can't I can find no fault with this yeah. song like it's a perfect length the performance is fantastic and even though like yeah lyrically very simplistic I mean, who, who cares? You know, some, sometimes <laughs> lyrics are just simplistic. If it works, yeah. it works. Um, well, then, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug now? Currently uh, co-host a podcast about uh, a winged Avenger who delivers people from evil. I am one of the co-hosts of Bat Minutes. It is a podcast that goes through the Batman movies one minute at a time, minute by minute. Uh, and we've got two seasons out completed. We've done Batman and Batman Returns. Uh, and we're going to start our coverage of Batman Forever airing in December. So if anyone should be interested in that, uh, it's me, my co-host, John Parker, uh, who was also featured on the show back in the, the Prince era. Uh, the the podcast formerly known as Prince Track by Track, which is still currently known as Prince Track by Track. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, Darren's been on the show too. And uh, well, we, have a, we have a good time over there. So if that interests you at all, then come on over. And for this project, you can find us on Twitter at Stevie Wonder. Uh, thanks for all of you guests here today. Oh, anytime, man. Yeah, for the wine. Goodbye.